0: Hello there, and welcome to episode four of the Sports and Spirituality Show. Here, sponsored in part by the Fairfield County Sports Network. My name is Steve Rowell. I'm one of the co-hosts uh, of the Sports and Spirituality Show. But the lady bringing the real sass is across the table. Her <laughs> name is Kelsey Bull. She's the Area Director for Young Life Lancaster. Welcome back to SASS, the Sports and Spirituality Show.
1: Thanks, Steve. So glad to be here.
0: No, that didn't sound very energetic.
1: <laughs> you know, Why is that? I don't. I. You know, your intros are just something. Are they?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said something. I love that expression because it's not necessarily a positive or a negative. It's right. just something, right? Yeah.
1: We're just gonna leave it at something.
0: Yeah, I got you. Um, you know what? <laughs> I am, I'm not really a big fan of the phrase "It is what it is." Why not? Well, because if it isn't what it is, what would it be?
1: If it isn't what it is, yeah. what would it be? Yeah. So you're just saying it is what it is is like unnecessary. It's
0: unnecessary because it, it couldn't be something else or it isn't something else, at least at the moment. So right. So it's like... Uh, <laughs> it's, I
1: like that phrase. I,
0: I, yeah, well... That, because that makes, I feel that, like
1: it's usually... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's usually said when someone is unhappy with like a circumstance. Uh-huh. And so usually at least when I maybe use it, I am trying to encourage someone that they can't change the circumstance. So maybe uh-huh. let's change our perspective or our attitude about yeah. whatever they may be yeah. disliking. I see. You know?
0: I think I understand that, Mm -hmm. but to me, it's an unnecessary statement because if you, uh, it's like you, I'm acknowledging that you're in a struggle um, and I'm acknowledging that it's not going to change. This is the experience. It is what it is. Right. Okay. Well, first of all, if you're in a struggle, you don't want it to be that. You want it to be something different. So you're not encouraging me by telling me it is what it is. Um, I want it to be something different. I want it to be, I want it is to be. Uh, not uh is not i want it to be something else i want it to be something better and so uh it it, it maybe isn't that encouraging to me and uh, the fact that it is what it is uh is not good usually uh no and,
1: not necessarily
0: okay let me ask you this okay uh let's say i'm just you, saying you have a wedding anniversary yes and you're celebrating this wedding anniversary which you we have recently ex- 10 years how about that? Congratulations Thank to you. you! Really, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, and did you, in the middle of that celebration, go? Well, it is what it is. It's, <laughs> it's a ten-year celebration of our, oh. you know, marriage and uh, love and and uh, you know, family and uh, you know, it just is what it is.
1: No, I didn't. No, say
0: you it. didn't because it's 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 reserved for something that's negative. And, and when you're in the middle of that something negative, you want it to be different. I I want it to be something different. And so uh, I would rather you say to me, Steve, it's not what you think it is. It's better or uh, it's going to be better. But to declare that it is what it is. uh, So when you said to me, uh, your intros are um, something, uh, (laughs) you didn't say negative or positive. You just kind of left it neutral, Uh right? Are you
1: okay with that? I am. Okay
0: I am I, I, I prefer more information
1: Right I yeah. know you do
0: yeah. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> but I always do for, for everything. And, and maybe that's where my hesitation or resistance to this phrase it is what it is uh, because you didn't tell me anything because uh, often when people say that to me, I say, well well if it wasn't that, what would it be?
1: I'm sure you do.
0: I do. I know because <laughs> uh, to, to make a declaration that something
1: but couldn't I use it like our disagreement is uh-huh. what it is. Yeah. And it's not negative. It just is what it is.
0: Okay. So this is how we're defining (laughs) something neutral. Because it's not bad to disagree. Right. Uh, We talked about that in the uh, inaugural uh, sports and spirituality show episode, right, Mm -hmm. that uh, we're not always going to agree. And uh, quite frankly, I I prefer that Mm -hmm. because I think it gives us different perspectives. So you can love that expression. I'm not saying you, you shouldn't. I'm just saying I don't. Um, and yes, you could say this this disagreement is neutral.
1: Yeah, it is Uh, what it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is, and if it wasn't, what would it be? (laughs) It would be something negative, or maybe it would be something positive. Right. So it would be something different. So you wouldn't be able to say it is what it is. You would have to say it's something else.
1: Or you could say it's something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which you did right you said the intro was something yeah right so now we're we're non-committal we're riding the fence you know what happens to i really
1: wa- like that actually sometimes. you do you know what I happens do. to
0: people <laughs> ride fences they get splinters okay and you don't like that no no so get off the fence make a decision move one way or the other yeah. So it isn't what it is. It's going to be something else, mm-hmm. even if it's negative. You know what? Um, what? The Word of God says in the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. Jesus was talking to the church at Laodicea. He wrote seven letters to seven churches, right? He and did. And in the letter to the church at Laodicea, he said, uh, I wish you were hot. Or cold, right? But you are lukewarm. lukewarm. Right? I knew
1: this is where you were. Yes,
0: go. and he. What did he say? Uh, he
1: doesn't like lukewarm.
0: No, he said, "I'm going to um, spew you." One uh, version says, "Spit you." Out. One version mm-hmm, says, mm-hmm. "Another version says vomit you out of my mouth." Mm-hmm. Now, not a very good picture, right?
1: No. So he
0: doesn't really care for the expression. It is what it is.
1: Okay. That is way taken out yeah. of context. Okay. You're right. You're right. I, thank yeah. you so I much st- for I acknowledging that. I stepped that.
0: over the line there. I
1: actually feel like Jesus would be fine in our current culture with so much polar- pol- polarity.
0: What's uh, the- Polarity. Polarity. Thank yeah, you. Or polarizing things?
1: Yes. I think that there's a lot of topics he would be. Probably more than happy with people remaining neutral on. I see. So, so you know. you're
0: saying Jesus loves the phrase, it is what I it is. I am
1: not saying that. Oh, okay. Don't put those words in my mouth. <laughs> okay. I just I just think that sometimes that phrase is true. It is what it is. It's something.
0: And if it wasn't, <laughs> what would it be? Uh-huh. I don't know what it would be
1: because oh, it my. can
0: only be what it is. Right. It can't be anything else. It could be. No. Because if it was something else, you wouldn't say it is what it is. You would say it was something else. So it couldn't be.
1: I'm thinking that there are certain circumstances that appear one way and you might say it is what it is, uh-huh. and you might be wrong. Maybe exactly. there's more to the circumstance or situation than you know.
0: So so that statement would be wrong. Right. It wouldn't be what it is. <laughs> It would be something else, right. and therefore the statement would not be necessary. That is because true because you would be wrong about that.
1: That is true. So
0: we're we're agreeing to eliminate but in this context in the that <laughs> the our expression. It is what it is. And we agree on that.
1: Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> because this conversation is what it is. <laughs> I think this com- uh, this is the right time to use that uh, phrase.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, oh, we will respectfully agree to disagree.
1: I'm sure that we will.
0: <laughs> probably
1: not for the first time in this podcast
0: no, definitely not the last time either um so uh <clears throat> you were uh well, well that was our introduction uh that, that only that only took a minute um to uh to introduce uh <laughs> and what you've done is you've proven my point i said the lady bringing the sass is uh uh is kelsey bolt and yeah, she still is i
1: have a funny story about sass yes yeah, so, lucy three and a half year old toddler girl of mine she was eating lunch and we typically most of our meals at our dining room table but for whatever reason one day recently i think she was eating lunch at our living room like coffee table and we don't do this super often but you know we do it sometimes she i think maybe had been watching a show and oh i know what it was our dining room table was covered with a puzzle that my husband was doing and her like she has uh if anyone's familiar with calico critters this like house they're like i don't know toddler toy uh so our dining room table was covered and so she had been uh playing with toys and we just said just eat at the coffee table for lunch and my husband was doing that thing where you kind of cook lunch in shifts so he like kept bringing things out to her and he had brought something out to her and left a piece of trash on the table <laughs> Oops. And Lucy looked at him and was like, Dad, why did you leave this here? And held up whatever it was. And he was like, I just, I didn't walk past the trash can. I didn't throw it away. And she's like, Well, you know where the trash can is. You Mm. shouldn't have left it here. Oh. And he looked at me (laughs) and then like walked away. But the look that he gave me, I just knew meant like she is your daughter in this moment. Yes. She's always both of our daughters. But. In this moment, he just looked at me and was like, I cannot believe that she just gave me so much sass over leaving a piece of trash on the table. And that is admittedly something I would do. Like, Uh you know where the trash can is. Like, throw that away. Or probably something I have said to Lucy. You know where the trash can is. Just throw that away. And that's essentially what she said to Josh. You know where the trash can is. Yes. Don't leave that here.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, yes, usually. Um, I don't know if the guys uh, or the gals do this, but the guys will often do this. Uh, the dads uh, will say when uh, there's some uh, one of those moments, uh, hey, that's your kid right there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and there are many other moments where they say, uh, that's your kid right there, dad. Uh, and so, maybe you'll have opportunity to share those moments. But that would be my hunch. My hunch would be that you said that to her. I'm sure. Because kids are. They, they, uh, there's an expression, there's more caught than taught, right? Uh, and so, you didn't have to teach her to say, hey, if somebody leaves a piece of trash around, uh, you tell them, hey, you know where the trash can is, you get that in there. Uh, you don't have to say that to them because you've already said that to them and they, they caught that, right? right. Um, and uh, uh, she wasn't wrong.
1: She was not wrong.
0: Yes. Uh, maybe maybe that's not the right context, or uh, maybe she doesn't have the authority uh, to <laughs> remind uh, the, the dad and mom what right. they're supposed to be doing. Totally. But uh, she also wasn't wrong.
1: She was not.
0: Yeah. So, uh, just again, confirming my yeah. suspicion that the Sassbringer on the Sports and Spirituality Show um, has the last name of Bull.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here.
0: Whether whether it's Lucy or or Kelsey, <laughs> uh, which yeah. uh, now have people said uh, she's a mini me. Are you you're familiar with these expressions? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yep. And she is. So she started preschool this week, uh-huh. and the week before we were at her preschool open house, and she they had stations set up where we needed to do several things to prepare for her to be in preschool, and sure. one of the stations was packing up her supply box and you know, there was a list of things we needed to put in her supply box. And so I had gotten all of the things out, or rather, I really had told her what to get out and she was packing her supply box. And she looked at me and she was like, Mom, how are we going to organize this? And Josh just busted out laughing because yeah. that is so me. Like yes. everything needs to be organized, everything has a place. And everything
0: needs to be in its place.
1: Yes. And efficient and compact and concise and yep. all the things. And she, and it's just a box. Like it's a, you know, plastic box with right. a lid. Right. And it was just so funny because she was like, this isn't organized. How can we right. organize this?
0: Right. That's good. That's yeah. good. She's caught that from her mama as well. Yeah, she now, has. Now, you mentioned uh, kitchen. Uh, I know you had told me before that you were doing some remodeling of the kitchen. Uh, so this uh, sassy moment from Lucy uh, happened, I think, in the kitchen or in that general area. It did. Uh, mm-hmm. So how's that process going for you?
1: Yeah, so we had... Been wanting to update our kitchen. We've probably been on our house for six years, and we love our house very much. Josh is very handy, and he has repainted pretty much every surface of our house. Uh, And he's done a lot of minor updating, changing out lights or mirrors, even, you know, uh, outlets, plate, face plates, um, Mm -hmm. different things to just kind of bring the house up to date a little bit more. And we just hadn't touched the kitchen. I mean, besides a coat of paint, we hadn't really done anything. And so we had been preparing for a kitchen update for a long time. We had gotten a couple quotes. They were really high and outside of, you know, what we really wanted to spend. And um, Josh had kind of given up. And I said, no, let's, let's keep shopping around. And instead of paying, you know, one person to come in and do everything, we ended up piecing it together Uh, And we did have a a contractor, but really Josh kind of managed multiple different elements, right? So he managed like the appliances and then um, he managed the cabinet maker and we had the contractor doing the work and uh, all these different elements and we had to order our backsplash tile and flooring. And so finally, it was probably April, maybe sometime this spring, uh, we underwent I called phase one of the kitchen remodel and so for about three and a half four weeks our kitchen was torn up with two little kids that presented a lot of challenges but we survived and we had a lot of uh, great friends and family who uh, made us meals bought us gift cards uh, provided food we survived it was fine we sadly for the environment used a lot more paper products than we traditionally use but it was for a short amount of time and so we are really pretty much done i like to think we're done Josh is going to put another coat of paint on the walls, which we just haven't picked yet. And then we're gonna redo the inside of our pantry to make that a little bit more efficient.
0: Mm, kind uh, of like Lucy's uh, box of um, yeah, school, school supplies, supplies right? Yeah, yeah, got it.
1: Yeah, and then I think we need some face plates, but for the most part, our kitchen remodel is done and we love it and we're so happy. yeah, so happy with it.
0: There's a lot of wonderful things about home ownership. My middle daughter just bought a home back in June, and uh, she's starting <laughs> to enjoy, in oh, air gosh. quotes, uh, all of the beauties of home ownership, uh, which includes uh, maybe gaps that needed to be closed up uh, so rodents uh, don't enter. Um, she called me the other day about. Uh, Dad, I'm getting some water in my garage. Uh, how are we going to fix that? And uh, oh, Dad, I am going to have to go buy a lawnmower. And uh, you got a weed eat, don't you? And what am I going to do with these vines growing? And yeah, so this is a lot of things yes. um, that go with home ownership.
1: Yes. And I wish people had maybe. Want, I mean, not us. I think you a we bit? knew. We knew what we were getting ourselves into because we had rented a house for almost four years in Indiana. But yes, I do think that there's a lot of things that new homeowners, potentially young homeowners, don't recognize going into it.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's. True of a lot of things, right? Parenting, Mm yeah, you you can't possibly know all of the scenarios that are going to come up or how to handle marriage. You just don't know all of the pieces. I I remember I I used to work at a a financial institution, and I was single, and the married guys were there, and they would say, "Oh, dude, uh, this marriage is tough." I said, "Well, tell me about it. Uh, Help me out. I'm not married. I don't have you know a, a girlfriend. I'm not." You know, whatever. Uh, I, I won't, oh, Steve, you just got to figure it out yourself. No, no. Tell me the things. I, I just can't tell you. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you don't know the scenarios that are going to be. Uh, so we can't possibly know everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and that's where flexibility. I think you talked about that in the last podcast, how important it is to stay flexible.
1: It is. Yes. So
0: that uh, um, <laughs> we don't maybe, you know, get at each other's throats uh, in the midst of, uh, you know, times of transition. Right. And so we got to be super careful about that. Um, any changes in your uh, in your family uh, as far as work and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so my husband actually took a new position with his same company. kind Okay. Of. So. A uh, little backstory, he'd worked for L Brands. They've owned several brands throughout the years, but most recently they owned Bath & Body Works and Victoria's Secret. And so L Brands split, and he stayed with Bath & Body Works. And... Um, I'm actually really, really proud of him and impressed by him because one of the senior level leadership people specifically wanted him in this newly um, created role. And so I'm really excited for him. I'll be honest. I don't know exactly what he's going to be doing yet. Uh, but he is in the realm of finance and he's a manager so he will continue to have a direct report but he's transitioning from a team that he has loved 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 working on and he's I think pretty excited for this new team and I know that he'd been looking for a new role or kind of dreaming about a new role for a little bit now but he was in such a good position that he appreciated so much of where he was at and who he was working with that it was a little bit of a bittersweet um, uh, transition. And so I think this next month of September will be mostly transition, kind of wrapping things up in his old role and probably onboarding his backfill and um, he'll be transitioning into a a new position, which I think uh, my husband loves Change and loves challenges, and yeah. I think that he's going to get that definitely in this new, new role. So I'm excited for him.
0: Awesome! Congratulations to you, Josh, uh, for uh, that transition. They don't give that stuff away. You got to earn it. Yeah. And uh, you said L brand is that the limited? Is that it part of that? It used to be. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But I think there's a. Uh, Various pieces of that are being sold off and yep. uh, uh, divvied out and <laughs> however that uh, that process works. Yeah, so, I
1: should probably know a lot more than I do. But eh,
0: yeah. I don't know that there's any value. Uh, does he bring home a paycheck uh, yeah. and combine it with yours and then uh, yeah. you take care of your family? Right. Yeah, and, and uh, you get that kitchen updated that needs to be updated? Right. Yeah, I think that's what you probably should worry about. Yep. Yeah, right so. there. Well, we uh, actually um, built the house uh, that we live in. Oh, I
1: didn't know that. Uh, yes.
0: Um, it was uh, There was no house there uh, sometimes 21 years ago, and uh, and now there is. And uh, so we're the only folks to, uh, to live here. But the difference uh, between uh, being in a house for six years and being in a house for 20 years, uh, 21 years, is uh, that's about the place where things begin to break down.
1: I'm sure. Yeah,
0: so we've had some of those breakdowns happen. I've oh. got an issue with my hot water tank uh, right now that i got to get uh, uh, squared away. we got a, a sump pump uh, that's been plugged into this outlet and the outlet's worked fine. It's uh, one of those uh, ground fault outlets, so... Um, <clears throat> It's now not working fine, and so that's going to have to uh, to be replaced. Uh, I got an issue with uh, my lawnmower, uh, so we're trying to get that taken care of. And, uh, oh, I got uh, an issue uh, with uh, one of our doorways. We got to get that squared away. So um, we're just kind of in, in that mode uh, mm. where we've got to fix, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, had an issue not too long ago where a toilet overflowed, and uh, we had some wonderful opportunity to uh, uh, work together <laughs> on an interesting project, and uh, and so that's uh, that's worked out, and just a teachable moment uh, for our. Um Uh, Our children about maybe the proper ways to uh, to handle uh, things like uh, uh, toilet (laughs) flushing and so forth. So uh, yes, uh, we're um, (laughs) yes we're in these uh, uh, moments Uh, again. Not something you could anticipate, right? Uh, Right. uh, You could have a general idea that things are going to break after 21 years. Right. That makes sense that it would. Yes,
1: and you could prepare and plan, but. Correct. The timing. Yep. You know you can't always. You
0: can't, pick. and you don't always know when uh, the, the uh, <laughs> full attention is going to be needed to be given uh, to those kinds of things, and so. Yeah, so that's kind of where uh, the Rao family is um, as we, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because we're getting closer and closer to the empty nest syndrome
1: yeah. as we have three
0: adult daughters and our son at uh, 16 years old, a uh, junior in high school. So Does
1: that excite you or make you sad?
0: No, uh, it's, it's a combination. Um, I, I think I may have told you off the air, but uh, when our oldest daughter went to college, uh, the sense, the feeling that I had was letting go and holding on simultaneously. Now, that's uh, not a real thing, right? It's an emotion you can't have. You can't do both at the same time. Um, But you you wanted to, and your heart wants to do both of those things. I've told my kids, you can go anywhere in the world. Your mom and dad, celebrate that. God bless you. Do what God's calling you to do. Uh, Do what you want to do. Uh, Do what you enjoy doing. Do what you're good at. uh, And take it where you want to go in the world as long as you're home for dinner by 5.30 (laughs) Uh, and again (laughs) something that doesn't work right it's not going to work so um, I've had that emotion so uh, I I still feel that I'm super excited that my kids are growing up uh, getting older uh, my daughters um, uh, two of them are graduated college one's about to graduate Um, you know my son's doing very well in school he's got uh, plans for his future Um, I I celebrate that I I want that Uh, it's the whole place uh, in life is to do your very best to grow these kids the best you can. You're going to make a thousand mistakes. Hopefully, you get a couple things right, and uh, they turn out to be God-fearing, wonderful uh, contributors to society, right? Right. And uh, uh, and you probably won't know that until (laughs) they're about 30 years old, whether you you got Mm -hmm. that right or not. Um, So uh, I'm excited about that. And yet, there's that sense of loss Mm -hmm. in that uh, I don't have any babies anymore, and they're... Moving on, the house is quieter sometimes. I find it's just my wife and I at dinner these days. Um, and it's wonderful. My wife and I have a great relationship. Uh, uh, but it, it, it is different. Uh, and I contend that every transition is a challenging transition. You know, in, in the Word of God, uh, uh, when Jesus came, it, it, he said, you know, come follow me to this uh, 12 uh, apostles, uh, the, the disciples. Yeah, they had to make a transition. It was wonderful, but they had to make a transition, right? right. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes. The The church is born, Acts chapter 2. Um, it's a wonderful transition but still a transition with uh, challenges and issues. And uh, there were uh, people that felt like they weren't being you know, cared for appropriately and all that as you read through the book of Acts. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote lots of letters to a lot of different churches in uh, Corinth and Thessalonica and Ephesus and Colossae and other places uh, because there were challenges there, right? It was transition. It's an awesome transition, <laughs> but uh, not without a challenge. So, uh, your children are younger than mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you're young enough to be my daughter, um, and so uh, yes, you'll have all of those experiences. So you'll get to the place uh, where it'll be, you know, your kids will be uh, flying the coop or and exiting the nest <laughs> or whatever they do, um, and uh, uh, and that'll be wonderful. Really, um, it's just a, a transition that you have to manage. I think
1: absolutely, so, yeah.
0: Uh, so you it, you got a lot of time to think about that, so you don't have to worry about that. but
1: uh, I do. Is it, I'm, you know, it <laughs> it is what it is, but I sometimes... No, it isn't.
0: It's something else. I don't know what it is, but it's something
1: else. <laughs> I think that I'm just in maybe... Uh, I don't even know if I want to call it hard, but like a challenging season with the ages of my two littles. And sometimes I dream about what it would be, what it will be like again when mm-hmm. we are empty nesters. Yep. I don't, I'm very thankful for where we're at and I don't want to wish this time away by yep. any means, but I also want to be excited about my relationship with Josh again, when we're empty nesters, what yep. my relationship will be like with my kids when they're adults. Yep. I, I really do feel like I've looked forward to every stage. And I think right now I'm just in a sleep deprived one where yes. I, I dream about this stage. Where <laughs> I get more sleep, but, yes, you know, I've heard that even as they're teenagers, you get less sleep because you're worried about them driving you have a new driver you know i do you're worried about them driving and they're hanging out with and what they're doing and then they're at college and you're worried because they're potentially farther away or maybe it's not college but the military or whatever they decide to do and so i i I think that i'm probably in for a lifetime of less sleep
0: you are (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's
1: not what i want to hear right now
0: (laughs) it isn't what it is is it no it's something different and maybe worse uh, oh, in no. this case, uh, so uh, yes, I would say um, I believe that you will live long enough and you'll parent long enough to wish for the days that you had a three-year-old and a right. month-old. I'm sure. Um, th- that has been my experience anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's an expression: when your children begin to walk, they begin to walk away. Mm. Um, I believe uh, that uh, a variation of that is when they begin to drive, they begin to drive away. Which means they go away faster, they stay away longer, and you do worry more, mm-hmm. because what happens is they they can get into the adult world, and they do, and then they've got adult problems, uh, which uh, quite frankly are uh, more challenging and difficult than uh, preschool problems. They just are, uh, with the consequences being much bigger. bigger right. Um, and so, uh, and when you have adult children, you have almost no control at all. At three years old, you have some control. You have ways that you can guide her. You have ways that maybe you can correct her. Uh, You have ways that you can uh, lead her. Um, And uh, when you have a 23 year old uh, you don't necessarily have all of the cards that you can play uh, mm-hmm. they've already been played and that's why it's so vital to play those cards as well as you can early right right so that they'll make good decisions even though they're not going to make perfect decisions right they're gonna make bad decisions yes and uh, uh, you, they just have to know there's a safety net uh, and it's in the arms of mom and dad um, and um, we've had some of those experiences as well and so um, uh, but I will say I uh, <laughs> <laughs> my experience has been, uh, it is much easier. You don't want to hear this. It's no, much easier when they're younger. Uh, so No, it, I
1: think it, I know that. You do. I do. Yeah,
0: you don't want to think about it. And here's another thing I would say. I hate, hate, hate it when people say, hey, uh, you, you got two kids. You're going to have another kid? Um, you know, or it's like when you're single, hey, are you dating anybody? Um, why don't you date anybody And then you're, you're dating, dating someone. someone. How long have you been dating them? Right. Um, are you guys about to get engaged? Mar- yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, are you guys engaged When are you guys getting married? Um, you get married. When are you having a first kid, um, like why don't you just ask them when they're going to die? I mean, wh- <laughs> why don't you just go to the end? Because why oh, can't gosh. we let people live where they are? Let's let them stay where they are
1: yeah I think there's a beauty about being present in life There is. I think that actually that's something I really wrestled with probably high school through college and even a little bit into my early adulthood just wanting the next phase of life and I think probably about five or six years ago when we transitioned here I really maybe even a little bit before that but I really hit this um this phase where i i was able to be more present and not wish things away yeah um and i think a lot of that came from learning the practice of gratitude and i think really truly practicing being thankful daily helps us to remain present as much as we can or at least that's been my experience and so that's why i say i mean yes i dream about the future and you know, being at empty nesters and what my relationship and what life and ministry will be like, you know, again in that phase. But I also am so thankful for where we're at and really do want to enjoy it. That's not to say that we don't have hard days or hard seasons or Correct. sleepless right. seasons. But Correct. but I also, yeah, am really thankful. Um, but also don't want to dread my kids leaving either and want to prepare them and prepare my marriage and myself for when you know we enter new phases
0: it's vitally important because the day is coming right where you're gonna have an empty house and if you haven't been intentional about connecting with your spouse and this story has been written a million times it over, really has uh, and then people are like oh I don't even know the person sitting across the table and it's just th- them and me yeah uh, we've become
1: co-parenters but. yeah
0: and, and just uh, Acquaintances mm-hmm. uh, who maybe don't even see each other that often. Mm-hmm. Um, unhealthy, a very unhealthy thing. So I think it's wise to prepare for the future, but be in the present. Let's not try to push people to the next thing. Uh, let's let them enjoy the moment, um, and uh, the next moment will come. So let's not uh, let's not push them. So I'm not. I was only attempting to uh, <laughs> prepare you maybe for the future. I'm not trying to push you to the future at all because I think there's no value in that.
1: No, you're several steps ahead of me, and I appreciate you sharing your wisdom.
0: Yeah, this kind of you. Um, this is called the Sports and Spirituality Show. We've talked uh, you know, a little bit about the Word of God and uh, spiritual things and family things. Haven't talked a lot of sports. We've got two exciting things happening. One is football. The Ohio State Buckeyes are 1-0. and They beat the Golden Gophers on a Thursday night game. I uh, just kind of wished it wasn't a Thursday night game. Uh, but we're getting <laughs> back to normal where they're going to play on Saturday at high noon against the Oregon Ducks. Uh, any thoughts about ohio state taking on oregon go bucks <clears throat> okay uh, that's uh two <laughs> words usually she only gives me one so we're we're, we're making progress um now um uh, you're not you're not a fan uh
1: it says but, you uh,
0: I, well i mean think says the very definition of the word but oh, we'll have to talk about uh, that another time yeah. um uh, we, we'll, we'll get to it on we the will. sports and spirituality we're going to get to it soon uh, yes Soon, because it's driving me nuts to call you a fan because you're not. Um, But do you happen to remember the last time Ohio State played Oregon? I don't. No kidding. (laughs) Because a fan would know. Uh, Let me ask you this. Do you happen to know when we were supposed to play Oregon next.
1: Last season. That's
0: exactly right. Great job on did your part. Did it get
1: canceled because of COVID? It did.
0: It did get canceled because of COVID. There was all all of this wrestling around about how many games we are going to play, how many games we are not going to play, and we ended up playing only Big Ten Games And, of course, they're in the Pac-12 out there uh, in the the West. And so we didn't get to play them uh, because of that. And it was a home-and-home series. So we were supposed to go to Eugene, Oregon, and play them last year. And that meant they were going to come to Columbus, Ohio, to play us this year. Well, that's going to happen. But the last time we played the Oregon Ducks was technically the 2014 season, but it was in 2015 because it was the national championship game. Oh. Yes, now here's what can be confusing people remember Ohio State Alabama where Ezekiel Elliott had that 85-yard touchdown run. If you watch that on ESPN, you'll see me actually working the sidelines there um, Mm. on that run. Um, But uh, I was blessed to have a a press pass to that. It was not the national championship game. Uh, They were really the two best teams that year, Ohio State and Alabama, but they played in the semifinals in the Sugar Bowl down in New Orleans. And so uh, people kind of think of that as the national championship game. It wasn't. Or Oregon was in the national championship game against Ohio State. Quite frankly, it wasn't that close of a ball game. We ended up winning it by two or three touchdowns, and uh, we are 2014 national champions. Um, so Even that's though
1: the, they played in 15?
0: Yes, because it's the 2014 season.
1: That's so, you, so fascinating.
0: Yeah, you start in the fall, but ended up uh, in January um, playing in the national championship
1: So game. all the merch says... 2014 Yes, I believe so. Uh,
0: yes, I have a, a National Championship hat. It says uh, 2014 National Champions. Uh, and that's because it was that season, even though the game was played huh. very early in 2015. So that's the last time Ohio State played Oregon, and then they beat them. So any predictions for uh, the game this time?
1: I think we'll beat them.
0: Do you? <laughs> okay. If, if, if it isn't what it is, then what would it be? <laughs> That's the two,
1: title of our podcast. Uh, it, is. No, really
0: it is what it is. Or it is what is, is it is. <laughs> exactly, because it could be either one. Um, yeah, so uh, they don't have ties anymore. So, we, uh, yeah, it's either going to be a win or a loss. I'm with you. I believe the Buckeyes are going to win. It's the first home game for the 2021 season. And what do we know that's super cool about that? I don't know. Yes, you do. You know that we didn't have fans last year.
1: Oh, yeah. So,
0: the tailgating stuff, stadium holds about right. 105,000 people. There aren't any restrictions. Hallelujah. There are no restrictions? Well, as far as, um, like... Um, we, we're only gonna we're gonna restrict the number of people. That's oh, what I mean. okay, okay. Uh, they'd say. We, we can only have fifty thousand in the state. Okay. Or whatever. Hopefully, they're still yeah.
1: taking precautions.
0: Yeah, they, they they're. I'm positive that there okay, are. Great. Uh, I don't know what they are, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Ohio State's been very much on the forefront of all of this kind of thing. So uh, they'll be uh, make it as safe as possible. But the fact that you have fans in the stands, man, the fans made a difference uh, in that Ohio State uh, Minnesota game. They did. They were loud. Uh, We had, you know, a quarterback starting for the first time and a hostile environment and all that stuff. Uh, They they impacted uh, the game. And so, uh, hopefully, uh, the Ohio State fans will be able to impact the game uh, by uh, their ruckus celebration uh, and maybe enjoying um, a little duck meat.
1: A Uh, little duck meat. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever had duck? Uh, probably. Yeah, I, I have. I not really recall. Did you like it?
0: Tastes like chicken. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like everything else, right? Um, right. But yeah, it was it was tasty. Um, I enjoyed it, and I'm uh, hoping to enjoy some duck meat uh, <coughs> here after Ohio <laughs> State uh, beats the Oregon Ducks. So super excited about that uh, and having fans back in the stands. But not just football going on, there's baseball going on.
1: Which is so bizarre to me. It is. When is opening day? Uh,
0: it's in April.
1: April yes. through September. Uh,
0: is... Actually, through October because the World Series is usually played oh, in October. Yeah. Yes. So, here's one of the cool things. My birthday's in October. It's the 27th of October. And uh, usually at my birthday, you've got football going on. You've got baseball going on. You've got basketball going on. We're about to start maybe some pre-games, uh, preseason stuff. And hockey. As well, so you got four major sports being played uh, around my birthday, and that's uh, always uh, I think it's super cool.
1: That's fitting uh,
0: for a, uh, yeah for a guy who's a real sports, sports fan. fan. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. A real sports fan. Um, to have his birthday be around a time where all four major sports are playing, super cool stuff right there. But baseball uh, still going on right now. I happen to be a Reds fan. Uh, uh, what team do you follow?
1: <laughs> I, you know. I would say I follow the Reds. Okay. I would say that if I'm rooting for a baseball team, it's the Reds. Okay. Right. Very good. Name
0: one player on the Reds team.
1: Couldn't tell you.
0: This is what is going to happen. When we finally talk about it. I
1: fandom. know, and I mean, maybe this is a tease, but if I want a team to win, am I not a fan of them?
0: So, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. I have been a Reds fan since 1975. I was nine years old. My dad got me a transistor radio, and it was the big red machine. They won the World Series in 75-76, and um, it's probably why I got into broadcasting or developed a love for that as well. Um, uh, the uh, I just love the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I could tell you, every position player on the 75 76 reds team
1: that's a lot of information that doesn't yeah. really matter anymore does it
0: it matters to me i'm sure and it does. all of true reds fans
1: do you feel like you became a reds fan because they won or
0: partly uh, when you're a kid especially you they call them front runners right you, whoever's winning you want to follow them but also i'm an ohio guy right and right so, i'm an ohio girl yeah exactly um, it <laughs> doesn't make you a fan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I
1: wouldn't say I love the Reds, because yeah. that means something else. But if I'm rooting for a baseball team, it's the Reds. So I want them to win. So I would say I'm a Reds fan. Uh, I probably even own some Reds merch. Yeah,
0: look at you, Uh, not a fan. Um, So uh, the catcher was Johnny Bench. First base, Tony Perez. Second base, Joe Morgan. Shortstop was Dave Concepcion. Third base, Pete Rose. Out in left field, George Foster. Center fielder was Cesar Geronimo. The right fielder, Ken Griffey Sr. Uh, Jack Billingham on the mound. Uh, Guys like Tommy Hume in the bullpen. It was an awesome Reds team now uh that was a long 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 time ago and uh, could you
1: name all those positions now i just did oh that's who's current no that's not who's currently playing you're asking me could
0: i name those positions now for the current players yes many of them i could okay okay um, yes. All
1: right. Do you uh, want me to or not? I mean, I kind of do, yeah. Okay,
0: Tucker Barnhart is our regular starting catcher. There's another guy named Tyler Stevenson uh, who catches. Our first baseman is one of the greatest players in all of baseball. His name is Joey Votto. At second base is the guy who ho- should win the National League Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India. At shortstop is a guy named Kyle Farmer. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't see him as a prototypical shortstop, but uh, he's playing short. At third base, we had a guy named um, – Eugenio Suarez, Uh, he's not played very well this year. So Mike Moustakis is is our primary third baseman. Uh, Out in left field, um, I believe, is a guy named Jesse Winker. Now, he might be on the DL right now, the disabled list. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Out in center field, uh, who do we have playing center? Um, uh, That one I'm I'm not. I'm not sure who's playing center field for us. Okay. Uh, and then Nick Castellanos is our right fielder. That guy is a absolute beast. Um, and
1: who's on the mound?
0: Uh, well, they, we have a lot of pitchers. So a guy named Sonny Gray. Uh-huh. Uh, we got a guy named Wade Miley who actually pitched a no hitter this His year. His name's Wade. His name is Wade. Oh, that's cute. And he pitched a no hitter. Very rare. Happy for him. Yeah, you should be. Maybe um,
1: my kiddo Wade will become. Yeah,
0: he might. A-
1: I don't know. (laughs) And
0: Wade Miley's left-handed. You have some advantages when you're a left-handed pitcher.
1: Which is so interesting because Wade loves to – my Wade Uh loves to play ball right now. And he'll just throw the ball back and forth with you. And he often uses his left hand. Yeah.
0: He could be ambidextrous. Who knows? Um, But, uh, yeah, I'd say if you want to lean him in a direction, lean him left. Oh, yeah. I've heard already. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 I
1: just don't care as much as some other parents or people do. But, anyways. I'm going to
0: tell you about another guy that's on the team. He's in the bullpen. His name is Michael Lorenzen. He's been with the Reds for quite a few years. And as a matter of fact, five years ago, it was August the 15th of 2016, I had the privilege of catching up with him. And uh, he is a deep man of faith. And so what I wanted to do is uh, I wanted to interview him, and I wanted to ask him about his faith. Now, in 2016, the team was not very good, lost a whole bunch of games, in 2016, and uh, and so um, I actually began the interview, kind of asking him about how challenging it is uh, to be on a losing team, and then I asked him about his faith. Would you like to hear how Michael Lorenzen, a current Cincinnati Red, um, answered? Those, those questions
1: i really would
0: now i will tell you um what happened is i went down there i got a press pass and i went down um and uh it the game went late um it's now almost well, it's about eleven fifteen, and i went down there to interview two players and michael was the second one i'd already got the one interview well the sports information guy said hey who are you here to interview i said well i'm here to interview two guys i've got one but i want to interview michael lorenzen and he says uh Dude, it's getting late. I said I understand, but uh, I'd like to get it if I could. He said, "I tell you what, if because uh, he was on the phone, Michael mm-hmm. Lorenzo on the telephone." I said, uh, "He said if he's not off the phone by 11:30, you'll have to get the interview some other time." I said, "That's fair. We got 15 minutes." Well, um, he got off the phone. Uh, or he set the phone down and I thought he was off the phone. So I said to the sports information guy, I said, Hey, Hey, um, he, he's available. He said, okay. So he takes me over there and I say, Hey, Steve Brown here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. And he goes, well, actually I'm on the phone right now. Uh, as soon as I get done, I'll do the interview. And so I knew I was in at that point. I actually think it was after 1130 when I did the interview. So uh, you'll hear my voice kind of uh, in a whisper or quiet. And that was one of the reasons because there weren't very many people uh, in the locker room, in the Reds clubhouse at this point. So, Are you ready to hear a little bit about Michael Lorenzen and how he manages a lot of losing and yet uh, uh, maintains his faith? I am. All right. It's time to hear from Michael Lorenzen on the Sports and Spirituality Show from August the 15th of
2: 2016.
0: How frustrating has it been to be on a team that's lost 69 games?
2: Um, It hasn't been frustrating at all. We get to show up to the field and play a game, so... Um, I guess if that's if your perspective is wins and losses, then that's going to be frustrating, but we get to come out and play a kid's game, and you know, it's it's a blessing to be able to show up, and this be our job each and every day.
0: You have had a great second half as a team. I believe 8 out of 10 series you've won. What has been the key to that turnaround?
2: Uh, just health. I mean, when everyone's healthy, kind of see what we can do and the type of team that we can be, so Um, It's just just when we're healthy, we're good. In the first half, we weren't healthy, so that's the difference.
0: Talk to me about your faith. Um, You use this platform as a launching pad for your faith, do you not?
2: Yeah, um, I gave my life to the Lord in high school. You know, when I was high on a pier and some guy was evangelizing and sharing about the Lord, and I was always good at baseball. And You know, it was like a couple months into it that he showed me that this game wasn't for self gratification or self glorification, but it was to glorify him now and to serve people through it. Um, you know, sports is pretty major in our country and, and in the world, so it's a pretty big platform. And to be able to speak of Christ and speak of hope and share a message of hope is something that, um, you know, he's given me a heart to do in, on this stage and that he's given a heart to all Christians to do no matter what stage they're on.
0: They tell me you win. You learn more by losing than winning, but winning seems to be a whole lot more fun. Um, has that helped you to even um,
2: maximize this platform with having a struggling year as a team? You know, going back to just maturity, um, James one two, um, or glorif- er, rejoice in tribulations because it produces patience and perseverance. Um, Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So. When you understand that you know we go through trials, there's a purpose for them, um, and it's for maturity. And you know, trials as a as a team, I guess these are trials, but you know, trials are really on a spiritual level and something that is challenging you spiritually. And that's where the I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength comes into play. So, um, I I guess you just look through it as a maturity um, process, an opportunity to say that listen, we're getting our teeth kicked in. But, um, you know, we're never going to give up. I'm never going to give up. I'm going to keep pushing forward. And just like God himself will never give up on us, um, he's given us a spirit to never give up as well.
0: How do you use your faith to influence other players and coaches in the locker room?
2: Um, Matthew 5:16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may glorify your, see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, um, I What's important is to speak of it, but it's also important to walk it as well. And so, you know, people in the clubhouse know that I am a Christian and hopefully that I can just be that light. And, you know, when opportunities arise to share, I can jump on it faithfully.
0: The Word of God also says give honor to where honor is due. And Michael Lorenzen deserves honor for using his platform to share your faith. We encourage you to keep up the good work on the field, but off the field as well. Appreciate it. That was Michael Lorenzen on the Sports and Spirituality Show from August the 15th of 2016. What a powerful spiritual development this guy has. I can tell you there was not a Bible in sight, and every one of those scriptures was in his head and in his heart. That's pretty impressive, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is, and I think that, you know, just in our first few episodes, this theme of platform and how we use it has come up several times and I think it's going to continue to come up. And I think he even referenced that not all of our platforms are the same or should be the same. And, you know, in our country and in the world sports is elevated. And so he recognizes that he has a unique and different platform. Um, but what I love is he talks about how it's important to, yes, share his faith verbally, but it's also important for you to walk it out. And that's something we can all do, that we have to live our faith, um, live our faith out, walk it out in our life daily. And that's when we're facing challenges, maybe like losing, Uh, maybe we're not losing Major League Baseball games, but uh, we can still walk our faith out in the challenges that we face and in our successes as well.
0: And he's had both of those, uh, losing and success, and has uh, been able to maintain his faith through all of that. Uh, you probably don't remember this guy. It was an old guy named Paul Harvey, and he had a, a show called The Rest of the Story. Um, well, it's, it's an old thing. Yeah, I have no
1: recollection. Yeah, you'd,
0: you'd have to Google it uh, to hear it. He was a phenomenal broadcaster. But um, in the spirit of, of, um, uh, of that program, let me give you – the rest of the story. A couple of days after that interview, that interview you just heard, a couple of days, no, actually the next day, he went on bereavement leave. And uh, as the story played out, um, it was because his dad was very ill. And as it turns out, two days later, August the 17th, his dad dies. Hmm. And what is fascinating to me was he was on the phone, from what we understand, he was on the phone with his brother at that moment when I walked up to him and said, hey, I'd like to ask you a few questions. He said, I'm on the phone. He was on the phone with his brother, and his brother was telling him that my, our dad is, is very ill and about to die. You should probably get here. As it turned out, he went on bereavement leave the next day. He did get to his dad, but his dad was in a coma. So he never got to interact with his dad ever again. He dies the next day, August the 17th. And so here he is managing this news that he just got. Dad is about to die. He doesn't tell me that in the interview. Right. Um, he doesn't even indicate that there's a problem. I'm telling you, if it was me, and I was on the phone with my brother that I have, um, and uh, our dad has passed away, sadly. But if I was on the phone with him, and he said, Steve, dad is is very bad and, and could pass away at any moment. If somebody came up to me and said, Steve, can I have an interview? I'd say, this is not a good time.
1: Right, and that Um, would be so understandable.
0: It would, and I would have read the paper the next day and saw that his dad was about to die, and I would have gone, well, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead of saying, no, this is not a good time, let's do it some other time, you'll have to get me later, instead of that... He gives me that powerful word right there, uh, laced with the word of God. It was what was able to allow him to get that phone call from his brother that says, my dad is about to die, and to be able to maintain a spirit of strength and, and truth and embrace that, so much so that he didn't even indicate that there was a significant problem. Right. And then... His dad dies a couple of days later. It was uh, it was so fascinating to me uh, when I relived uh, that interview. Yeah, that it moment. really
1: makes that interview so much more powerful.
0: It really does. And
1: very evident that his faith was at the top of his mind and heart in such an important and significant moment in his life.
0: No question about that. Since I know you're not really a fan, <laughs> you probably don't know that uh, pitchers are not known for their ability to hit. Uh, they're known for their ability to throw or field, uh, but they're not very good hitters, quite so frankly. So
1: it's not normal for you to be a good pitcher and hitter.
0: It is not. Um, there, uh, there are one or two even, uh, even now that are good at both. It's a very, very rare thing.
1: One or two on the Reds team or like in all of MLB?
0: In all of Major League Baseball. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, There's a guy, I believe he plays for the Los Angeles Angels, um, and uh, he is of Asian descent, uh, and uh, he is... He, he can do it. He's actually, I believe, leading the league in home runs, uh, and he can throw a uh, baseball over 100 miles an hour. Uh, wow. The guy is – he's a unicorn, right? Uh, they, he just – these guys don't exist. Now, Michael Lorenzen is also a very good hitter, but Michael Lorenzen had never hit a home run. So he – after that interview, he goes on bereavement leave. He goes uh, to pay his respects to his dad. His dad dies – He then rejoins the team. His first game back, his manager, uh, Brian Price, puts him in the game as a pinch hitter. Two runners are on, and he steps to the plate, and he hits his first Major League Baseball career home run to right center field driving in the two runners in front of him. He rounds third on the way to the plate. He's pointing to the sky. He goes into the dugout and begins hugging his teammates and, and, and breaks down emotionally in this powerful moment. Would you like to hear more about that part of the story?
1: I would love to hear more about that.
0: Somebody put it out on Facebook, and uh, so I collected it from there. And here is the rest of the story from Michael Lorenzen.
2: I usually like will stretch out and kind of squat down. And when I squat down, I look down and instantly got emotional and had to stand up real quick. Like, no, you can't. I was going to break down on the mound. Michael retired the first two batters he faced,
0: pitching the Reds out of a jam. In the bottom half of the inning, with the score 6-1 Cincinnati,
2: his spot in the batting order was due up.
0: So I had a great pitcher in there, I had great confidence in, he's throwing the ball well, Um, let him hit. With two men
2: on base, Michael stepped to the plate. It's just perfect. It was the perfect moment. Yeah, Everyone was just in shock and like, no way that just happened. And I just felt that energy of like something amazing just happened. Just needed to let go of everything because I was kind of holding it in. And so when I gave him a hug, I kind of just let everything go at that moment. Words cannot describe what just happened. As a tribute to my dad, it, it's special. What would your dad have been doing if he were in the crowd? <laughs> Giving everyone high fives and screaming and saying, boy." He would have been going crazy. It was the greatest experience that baseball can possibly give me. Just everything great about baseball, pitching, home runs, fathers and sons, making your dad proud, all took place. I'll never feel that way again on a baseball field.
0: What a powerful story from the life of Michael Lorenzen having lost his dad. After uh, I was probably the last person to interview him before he went on bereavement leave. And uh, then he he comes back after his father passed away uh, and hits his first career home run. Hollywood couldn't script it any better than that. What a powerful, powerful thing there. Final thoughts on this Michael Lorenzen story here, episode 4. Of the Sports and Spirituality Show.
1: Yeah, I think Michael reminds me what I love about sports, and it's the people. It's the humanity. It's their uh, failures and successes, and watching them walk through those. I think it's playing games and being on a team with other humans who are all going through so much in their life that we – probably don't know you know i don't know uh how much of this was publicized at the time and how much of what people knew was going on but i feel like even for the athletes professional athletes usually or sometimes college athletes that we know glimpses of their life there has to be so much more under the surface right there is and so when we get the human stories about what's going on in their lives I think it's so hard to not develop a connection and a care for them. And, I I mean, now I am going to watch Reds games when I watch them differently. Yes. Um, Knowing a little bit more about them, wanting to root for them, um, having respect for them. Even for me, when players maybe make decisions in their life that I would not want for them, I think sometimes it gives me that much more – enjoyment rooting for them because you want more for them if that makes sense and so and so I think yeah he just this is such a beautiful story and I just yeah love him and want to see you know what happens in his career
0: No question about it. He is uh, what we are about here at the Sports and Spirituality Show. To use your uh, word you mentioned earlier, the platform, right? To use that platform uh, to be super successful as a baseball player, uh, but not check your spirituality at the door. Bring it along with you because you're going to need it in the ups and downs and challenges and difficulties and successes and celebrations of life. And Michael Lorenzen's done a tremendous job of that. It's truly been our privilege to bring you this story on the Sports and Spirituality Show. And uh, we're going to conclude Episode 4. Will you come back for Episode 5? I'll be back. Excellent. I'll look forward to that as well. Thank you for joining us for the Sports and Spirituality Show here on, sponsored in part by the Fairfield County Sports Network. This concludes Episode 4. We look forward to bringing you Episode 5 next time.
1: Thanks for joining us.